0: Turn with me in the scriptures to the book of John, gospel account of John in the third chapter, verse five, John three and five, Jesus said, verily, verily, I say to you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So is everybody entering into the kingdom of God, everybody on the planet? No, they're not. Verse 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Here Jesus makes a strong differentiation distinguishing between flesh and spirit. Two very different things. That which is born of the flesh is what? It's flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In the fourth chapter of John, if you just look over in the very next chapter there, verse 20, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman said, our fathers worshiped in this mountain. You say in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said, woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the father. She's saying who's right and where is the right place to worship the right geographic location. And Jesus said uh, the hours come that neither one of those is the right way to worship God. You worship, you know not what. That's true with many people. Amen, that is true. Just because you're religious is no indication that you know God. Amen, that is true. Jesus said to some of the most religious people of his day, the leaders of the synagogue the doctors in the law these would have been um, doctors of theology he said you are of your father the devil yeah. made a mad mm-hmm. yeah. verse 23 is still true but the hour comes and now is when the what true. True. if they're true worshipers what other kind are there false. False. vain False. When the true worshippers shall worship the Father, how? In spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. The Father does not want a bunch of fleshy junk. Amen. Verse 24. God is what? Spirit. He's spirit. He's not flesh. The Father is not flesh. Jesus now has a flesh and bone body. Right. But the Holy Spirit is not flesh. Right. And the Father is not flesh. Does that mean they're not real? No. Certainly they are. He is spirit. Yeah. He's a spirit. You are spirit. Amen. You are a spirit. Amen. And right now you're sitting there looking at me. Through those two windows we call eyes. Yeah. Yeah. I see the house you live in. But you're on the inside. You're a spirit. God is a spirit. They that worship him must. This is the only way it's acceptable to him. You worship him how? In spirit and in truth. Do we need to distinguish between what's flesh and what's spirit? We do because things that are just flesh. The father's not interested in it. He's not seeking that. He doesn't want that. He wants spirit. Chapter 6, if you'd look there, John 6 and 63, Jesus was talking about him being the bread of life, the bread that came down from heaven. And in verse 63, he said this, it is the spirit that quickens. The flesh profits how much? Nothing is how much? (laughs) You can't say it's not much. That wouldn't be accurate. It's not anything. <laughs> nothing is not anything. The flesh profits how much? Nothing. That's another reason we don't just want to do stuff in the flesh. Because it profits nothing. 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 Praying in the flesh. Profits nothing. Praising, singing in the flesh, preaching in the flesh, doing stuff in the flesh. <laughs> no profits Nothing. Prophets nothing. Yeah. nothing. One of the indicators that something is in the Spirit is that it's done in real love. Because God is love. So the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of love. And First Corinthians 13 talks about that. He said, if I give everything I got to the poor, give up my body as a sacrifice, but I didn't do it in real love, it profited what? Not a thing. You could have given millions of dollars. And if it was just done in the flesh, now an example of doing something in the flesh is that you did it because you wanted to be seen. You did it because you wanted people to notice you. You did it because you wanted people to think you were real spiritual. You're really something else, which is doing it in the, it's the opposite of being spiritual. Doing it in the flesh, and truth is, it profited nothing. But if it's done from the heart, that's a key to doing it in the spirit. If it's done not out of selfish motive, but it's done because you really care about somebody. That's a key to doing it in the spirit. And that does profit something. Not only does it profit something, it's fruit that remains, that lasts. He said the spirit quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit. And they are life. So then there are words that are just empty words. There are words that are just emotional words. There are words that are just flesh words. Just feeling words. Whatever. But there are words that contain spirit. Hallelujah. Spirit words. And spirit words quicken. Spirit words minister life. This is one of the things we camped on talking about how can you identify something that's done in the spirit versus just done in the flesh. How can you identify the Holy Spirit from the flesh? Well, the spirit of God is the quickening spirit. That which is done in the flesh is dull, dead, wearying, tiring, profits nothing. That which is done in the spirit, there's quickening. Somebody say quickening. Quickening. There's life in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Quickening. We also talked about. That if it's done in the spirit. He's the spirit of peace. And that Colossians says. We should let the peace. Decide with finality the question. I'm talking about things we've already covered now. We also saw that. The Holy Spirit identifying him. Where the spirit of the Lord is. Is. There's liberty. He's the liberating spirit. Not the one that puts you in bondage. The one who liberates you. He's the, And, and uh, we, we got into something we touched on just a little bit. Him being the spirit of love. We, I think we're going to get into that some more. But uh, the Lord quickened to us last Friday night that we needed to laugh more. And sing more. And dance more. And so he is the laughing spirit the singing spirit, the dancing spirit. If you don't know that, you just hadn't gone very far with him, because he is. And if you never do that, you're stuck too much in the flesh. Too much in the flesh, you don't laugh. You go days and don't laugh. Too much in the flesh, you don't sing. Sometimes people say, well, I'm not a singer. Honey, everybody can sing. If you can talk, you can sing everybody can sing i've also said not everybody should record we're not talking about you recording we're just talking about you singing and if you'll sing from your heart it ministers to the lord it does and so uh, if you never lift your voice To sing to the Lord and sing praises. If you never dance ever, if you never laugh or you go too long, you're in the flesh way more than you imagine you are. Because the stronger your spirit is, and the more you're aware of the Holy Spirit, and the more you do things in the Spirit, you're tender hearted, not hard hearted. You're tender hearted, you're quick to laugh, you're quick to sing. You're quick to give thanks. Even quick to dance. Oh yeah. Getting more out of the flesh. More in the spirit. You get that way. But the more in the flesh you get, the more grouchy you get. No fun to be around. Try to rain on everybody's parade. Depressed. Scared. Unbelieving. Negative. That's flesh, 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 and there's death in that. And the longer further you go down that road, the worse it gets. It just gets worse and worse and worse. But the more time you spend praying in the Spirit, feeding on the Spirit quickened word, and your spirit gets full, hallelujah, hallelujah, then it's easy to just break out and speak in other tongues. There's times I've been speaking in tongues, didn't even realize I was. There's times you will just break out song, singing, praising God. Hallelujah. I've caught myself doing that. There's times I've awakened in the middle of the night and I'm singing away. Singing away. I've gotten songs while I was asleep. You know the song, um, the greater one's in me. The greater one's in me. I'm not afraid of the evil enemy. Or all the threats. Of I got that song when I was sound asleep. Wow. So, I mean sound. I'm not talking about you know. Sometimes you're waking up in the morning. You're kind of half asleep. Uh-uh, uh-uh. I woke up. And realized what had just happened. And wrote it down. Praise God. Well. The, the more full of the spirit we are. We're quick to repent. We're quick to forgive, quick to love, quick to laugh, quick to sing. Can you see this? The more in the flesh you get, the harder you get, the grouchier you get. That's a fact. The more negative you get, more down you get. You don't want to be like that. That profits nothing and it's no fun to be around. <laughs> Go with me. To the book of Hebrews the 10th chapter. And let's go on further tonight. How can you distinguish. Between what is flesh. And what is spirit. Well what we're talking about. Is learning who the Holy Spirit is. Learning. You know many times. The Holy Spirit has endeavored. To influence people. But they wouldn't yield to him. I'm talking about born again people. Good people. But didn't recognize it was Him. And so didn't yield to Him. Aren't we also warned and cautioned not to quench the Spirit? Why would you need to tell believers not to quench the Spirit? Well, many times it's been because folks didn't realize it was Him. They just didn't know Him well enough to realize it was Him. So they're resisting something, they're resisting these influences not aware, it's the Holy Spirit. We don't want to resist Him. We don't want to quench what He's endeavoring to do in our life. And so in order not to do that, we need to recognize it's Him. And when we realize it's Him, yield. Somebody say yield. Yield. One definition of yield is to act on the promptings and urgings of the Holy Spirit. Act on what He's prompting you to do. If He's prompting you to pray, pray he's prompting you to sing worship do that prompting you to give do. prompting you to do something for somebody do that yielding means you don't just ignore it you don't resist it you don't try to push it away and hope it goes away yield means you respond you act on it well who is he what kind of spirit is he he's the spirit of life he's the spirit of love He's the spirit of liberty. He's the spirit of peace. Can you see why we're going through these things? Why? Because we can never know all of the information and details about him. He's too big. But you you, you get to learn. Just like you get to know any human person. You get to know. I mean I, I can't say. With Brother Dave here. I can't say I know how he would answer every question. But after a number of years with him, I got an idea. If something came up and somebody told me, Brother Dave's doing this, I'd have an idea whether that was so or not. right? Whether that was him who did it or not. Well, that's the same way with the Holy Spirit. You get to know him better than somebody who said the Holy Spirit said this, and you're going to go, Really? Don't sound like anything he ever told me. But a lot of people are so ignorant of him, they'll just accept anything that somebody says, God said and God showed me this. No, just because you said God said it, don't mean he said it. Just because you say God showed me this, don't mean he showed you. There are many voices in the world. All of them saying something. They're sure not all God. 1 John said, try the spirits, whether they're of God. Try it test them. Check them out. Is it God or not? And I know mean, just because somebody's quoting scripture doesn't mean it's God. The devil quoted scripture in the wilderness tempting Jesus, didn't he? He quoted verses. So we need to know him, his person, his characteristics, his ways. Anybody desirous to know more about The person of the Holy Spirit. So when he whispers to you. When he slightly nudges you. You recognize that's him. That's him. I'd know him anywhere. Because if you fellowship with him. Night and day. Day after day. Year after year. You should get to know him. And we are. I said we are. Who is he? He's the spirit of love. He's the spirit of peace. He's the spirit of liberty. Hallelujah. He's the spirit of life. The quickening spirit. Here's something else. The wonderful Holy Spirit. Who indwells us. Our teacher and our guide. He is the spirit of grace. Somebody say the spirit of grace. In Hebrews 10 and 29. He calls him that. I won't, I won't go into this. This is the, the culmination of a whole account here. But just the last phrase, he is called the spirit of grace. Zechariah 12.10, you don't need to turn there, also calls him the spirit of grace. Somebody say the Holy Spirit, Holy spirit is, is. The, spirit of grace. the spirit of grace. What does that mean? It tells us something about him, about his character, about his person, personality, if you will, his ways. The word grace is one of the biggest words in the Bible. And uh, sometimes people try to narrow it down into one little phrase, but let me give you a couple of phrases. Grace, one of the words that I like the best, is the word kindness, That's a literal definition from Strong's Concordance. In the Old Testament, grace, the word grace means graciousness. It means kindness. It means favor. It literally means to bend over or stoop down in kindness to an inferior. Somebody who's below you. Is there a better picture of God? stooping down, bending down to help us in our low spot out of his kindness. That's the spirit of grace. It's translated to deal graciously, to show mercy, to have pity. In the New Testament, very similar. The word means graciousness, same word. It also means benefit. A word that's a form of it means to grant as a favor in kindness, and it's also translated to freely give everybody say freely give, freely give. What does freely give mean? There's no strings to freely give there was no charge, this is no barter, this is no trade. This is no payment for anything you did. It's a free gift. Everybody say freely give. Freely give. Freely give. Freely give. Look in Romans. Let's, this passage to me brings this out. The, one of the greatest things that the Lord has given us is a place of rightness with him. The King James calls it righteousness, but that's an old English word. We don't talk like that today. It just means right or rightness. He has given us as a gift being right with Him. Hallelujah. In Romans, fifth chapter, 15th verse, he keeps emphasizing this. Now, it's, it's worth reading the whole chapter. But for time's sake, we'll start in verse 15. He said, Not as the offense, so also is the what? Free gift. gift. Everybody say free gift. Why am I reading about this? This is one translation of the word grace. Same word translated grace in other places, translated free gift. Free gift. If through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift, everybody say gift, yes. by grace, which is by one man Jesus Christ, has abounded to many. Keep going. Not as it was by one that sins, so is the gift. Everybody say the gift. Yes. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the what? Free gift, Free gift is of many offenses under justification. Keep going. For if by one man's offense death reign by one, much more that which receive abundance of grace and of the gift, everybody say the gift, gift. of righteousness or rightness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift. Everybody say the free gift. How many times have we heard this in these three or four verses? Why so much emphasis? Because it's a free gift. What's a free gift? Something that was given to you. At no cost to you. No charge to you. And no strings. Glory be to God. That's grace. And that is describing the spirit of grace. That's how he is. That's who he is. That's what he is. Hallelujah. What does it mean? God has said all through the word. That he is gracious. I'm going to take time and read some. Don't try to turn to these. I'm just going to give you a few verses. The Bible said let everything be established. In the mouth of two or three witnesses. Exodus. 30. Four, six. The Lord passed by in front of Moses and he said, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. This is the Lord God, the creator of the heaven and earth, telling Moses, telling us who he is. This ought to mean a lot to us. Who is he? What is he? How is he? He's merciful. He's gracious. He's long suffering and abundant in goodness and truth. Somebody say, I believe it. I believe. Psalm 86 15. I'm gonna give you two or three more of these. 8615 says, But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion. ...and gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. Somebody say, that's him. That's him. That's my Father. And that's his Spirit. That's his Spirit. Anything that's not that or the opposite of that wouldn't be the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't be him. Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious... Slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. He'll not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He's not dealt with us after our sins. Somebody say, thank God. Nor has he rewarded us according to our iniquity. Say it again, thank God. Thank God. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. How much mercy does he have? How far can you see up in the sky? It's more than that. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. How far is that? Well, if you start going east and you keep going east, when will you go west? It's a long ways between east and west. Like as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities them that fear him. Psalm 112 4 says, To the upright there arises light in the darkness. He's gracious and full of compassion and righteous. Psalm 116 5 Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yea, our God is merciful. Psalm 145, 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. Do you believe it? Yes. Then say it out loud. For the Lord is good. The Lord is good. And, his and his mercy endures forever. Forever. Listen out loud together. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Say it again. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. For the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. How is he? Who is he? What is he? He's good. And he's full of compassion. And he's long-suffering. And his mercy endures forever. That's who he is. That's what he is. That's who his spirit is. Now if there's one thing the devil will lie to you about, it's this. He will lie to you. He'll bring thoughts to you that God is not this way. That God is hard. That God is mean. Short-tempered. It's a lie. All lies. God is good. Somebody say he's good. And his mercy endures. Forever. Hallelujah. Oh somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. He is good. And his mercy endures. Forever. Let me give you an example of this that he gave us. He gave it in the law, which was before grace like we have it today. But he made a statement about himself in Exodus 22 and 25. You don't have to turn there. They'll put it up on the screen. Exodus 22:25. 25. Now this is the Lord himself talking. He gave this to Moses, and Moses gave this To the people. It's recorded for all generations. He said if you lend money. This is God talking. If you lend money to any of my people. That's poor by you. You shall not be to him. As a usurer. Neither shall you lay upon him usury. That's interest. Verse 26. If you at all take your neighbor's raiment. His clothes to pledge. So in other words. You gave him some money. And he gave you his overcoat. Or his clothes To hold until he pays it back. He said if he does that. You shall deliver it to him. By the sun goes down. (laughs) That's not being very hard. Why? Verse 27. It's his covering. And his raiment's for his skin. What's he going to sleep in? What's he going to cover up with? And if you don't give it back to him. It'll come to pass when he cries to me. Because he's cold. Don't have his coat, I'll hear it. For I am gracious. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Something as simple as this. What's he teaching? Even under the law. See, he hadn't changed. That's right. Our covenant with him has changed, but he hadn't changed. He's always been this way. Yeah. But he said, uh He said, You you need to get him his coat back because he needs it. Because this is how I am. I'm gracious. Another word for that is kind. He's kind. Another word is merciful. Merciful. He's not hard. He's not mean. He's certainly not cruel. He's what? He's gracious. The spirit of grace. He's kind. Look with me back over in the gospel accounts. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm moving too quick again. You go to Luke 9. And on the screen, please put 2 Corinthians 8, 9. To me, and I believe it would be to you too, Is this is a such a beautiful picture of grace. He said, you know the what? grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Did he need to do that? For his self? No, he didn't. He was rich. We have no idea how rich he was before he came down here. But then he's born in a a trough. He didn't live with rich people. Carpenter. Now God brought into them what they needed. And in the ministry he had what he needed. But he certainly didn't live like a king. Didn't even own his own house. Or his own place. Now some have taken that and said well see there. The Lord is against any degree of wealth or things And so you should live like he did. Well if you believe that. Won't you do it. If you're going to be exactly. Live exactly like Jesus lived. You're not going to get married. You're not going to have a family. Not going to have any kids. You're not going to own any house. Any property. And you're not going to preach. Outside of your local area. No. Didn't say he was poor. So we could be poor. That's right. Come on somebody read the Bible. That's right. Read the Bible. Yes, sir. He was rich. And for our sakes. Yeah. He became poor. So that we could follow his example. And be poor. No. Huh. No. For your sakes he became poor. So that you could be like Jesus. And be poor. No. No we got to distinguish what he did as our example from what he did as our substitute. He took our sins, not so we could be in sin. He bore our sicknesses, not so we could be sick. He bore the chastisement of our peace, not so we could be tormented. we got to distinguish what he did as our substitute, because those things we don't have to have. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law because he became accursed for us and was hung on the cross and bore it and paid for it. This is grace. Hallelujah. He was rich but he was willing to come down stoop down bend down and sacrifice so we could be R-I-C-H. People think that's an ugly word. Is this grace? You know it is. Starts off saying it is. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich. Yet for your sakes he became poor. That through his poverty. You might be. Rich. 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 Rich in every good thing. Rich in every good thing. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, did he do it? Did he become that way? Did he become poor? Did he buy it? Did he purchase it? Did he get it? Then it's ours. It belongs to us. Hallelujah. You need to quit saying you're poor. Because that's arguing with the Bible. You need to start saying I'm rich. Amen. Walk by faith not by sight. It's not a matter of having a certain dollar amount. In an account. It's a matter of having everything you need. And more than you need. Come on y'all listening. Excess to be a blessing to other people. Right? Rich. The only thing you can buy with money. Is the cheap stuff. The stuff. That's only here for a little while. That's going to fade away. That includes houses, cars. Everything else. You can only get the little stuff. And the cheap stuff with money. The expensive stuff you can't buy with money. The big stuff you can't get with money. So if you think God won't won't give you. The little stuff. How would you think he gives you the big stuff? No. But if. If. God spared not his son. Romans 8, 32. But he delivered him up for all of us. How shall he not with him? Freely give us all things. Somebody say freely, freely. Freely freely give us all things. This is grace. This is grace. This is the spirit of grace. This is how he is. Grace is a giver. Yes. Grace is a giver, not a taker. Giver. Say that out loud. Grace Grace is a giver. Do you have Luke 9? Luke 9, 52. Jesus sent messengers before his face and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they didn't receive him. Because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. There was a lot of trouble and problems between Samaritans and, and Jewish people. They were prejudiced against each other. And when they found out he's going to Jerusalem, they thought, well, we got no time for you. And when his disciples, James and John, saw it, it made them mad. You ever got mad? Oh, I don't sit there and look so holy. <laughs> Never got mad. They got mad. They've been hearing Jesus preach on faith. And they've been. Jesus gave them authority. Over unclean spirits. And they've been exercising. And it's been working. So they're kind of feeling it. (laughs) They've been commanding the demons to shut up. And they've been shutting up. And leaving. They've been commanding sickness to leave. And it's been leaving. So they're feeling this. And when these Samaritans disrespected the Lord, they said, hmm, I don't know who they're messing with. We've got authority. They swung by and they said, Lord, you want us to call some fire down on these guys to show them something? You know, like Elijah did. we got scripture for it. I mean, we, we need to set an example here. Turn their nose up at you. Not receive you. Disrespect you. There needs to be an example made here. We're thinking we need to call some fire down. (laughs) You know, like Elijah did. We need to call some fire. What about it, Lord? Now, they wouldn't have asked him that unless they thought it was a a reasonable chance he's going to say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we need to we need to bring some fire down. This is one time you boys are right. You gotta <laughs> because if you're sure you're wrong, you probably ain't gonna go ask. But they came. They they got scripture. Do they have scripture? They, Elijah did it. And verse fifty five. He turned and rebuked them. Rebuke's a strong word. He corrected them in a stern tone. Do you ever need to be corrected? Yeah. Is it possible you could ever need to be corrected with a stern tone? Yeah. Everybody needs to be corrected. Everybody. Hebrews talks about the Lord corrects those he loves. He turned, he rebuked them. He said, you don't know what manner of spirit you're of. Isn't that what we're talking about? What's the Holy Spirit? And what's not? How is he? He said, you don't know what spirit you're of. Do you know you can quote scripture and do it in a wrong spirit? Hard. Judgmental. Proud. See, their, their pride was offended here. Without, you know, without realizing it. They're letting this authority go to their head a little bit. And maybe the last town they were in. The last five towns before that. There were deliverances. There were healings. And people were happy about it. And people were thankful. And they probably made a big deal out of these guys. And they probably fed them some nice meals. And, and whatever else. And yes sir and no sir. Yeah. Right? right? And then they show up here. And not only did they not do that. There were snide remarks. There was disrespect. Not just for them. But for Jesus himself. They came there to get the place ready. For Jesus to come. And everywhere they went. They ran into problems. They're like "Well, can we rent this hall. Can we get to. No. Jesus got no. No. He's Jewish isn't he. was prejudice and he's going I heard he's going to Jerusalem right next stop no then I'm sorry it's not available and they didn't just get this one time they got it here they got it there they got they couldn't get anything ready for him it made them mad they felt offended because they're treating them badly because they're Jewish Other things. But none of that's being led by the Holy Spirit. That's your flesh. Come on, are y'all with me? That's your flesh. Your pride. How many think we need to distinguish between our pride and the Holy Spirit? Oh, come on. Do we? We need to know real clear on this. Just because somebody treats you bad doesn't mean the Holy Spirit's leading you to be judgmental. Call down some fire. (laughs) They were serious about this. What was the difference? Without going into it. Well I don't know that I should go into it. But 2 Kings 1. If you read that whole chapter. It describes. What happened. When those men came to get Elijah. And the king had no respect for the man of God. And probably was going to try to do him harm. Maybe kill him. Right. And the uh, Spirit of God protected him. Right. And King had such little respect for God. He didn't care if 150 of his best and brightest got burnt up. He just kept sending them. 50 at a time. 100 of them's already dead. He sends another 50. So much disrespect. Different situation. Yes. Different time. Can you see this? Yes. And Jesus corrected them and said, no, no, you got this all wrong, boys. He said it stronger than that. He rebuked them. He said, that's wrong, man. You don't know what spirit you're of. You need to learn some things here. You're way off. If you're way off, do you need to know you're way off? Yes. You do. And people that love you We'll tell you. Even if it annoys you. Or irritates you. Or hurts your little feelings. The more it hurts your feelings. That's the more pride was there. The more it makes you mad. That's the more pride that was there. He said you don't know what manner of spirit. You're of. Go to Matthew 20. Valuable things here. Matthew 20, 24. Two of the guys, their mother, asked Jesus to give them special places in the coming kingdom. And when the, other, the rest of the ten of the twelve disciples heard it, they were upset. And verse 25, Jesus called them to him. you know Jesus had staff issues he had to deal with? <laughs> and he's the one picked them. One of them sold him out. Betrayed him. For just a little bit of money. Jesus is the one who picked him. People have a free will. No matter if it is. The perfect will and plan of God. For them to have a place and be involved. They still got flesh. And if they want to yield the wrong things they can. And miss it. And mess up the plan. So no it wasn't Jesus fault. And Jesus called them together, the two and the ten. They probably had them on one side. (laughs) You rascals going behind our back, trying to get the best places, trying to get the highest authority. Jesus preached so much about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven that they want to make sure their spot is secured. We should believe in it this strong, too. It's coming real soon. There's not going to be any USA. There's not going to be any China. There's not going to be any other kingdom. There's going to be one. One. And things are going to be right. Hallelujah. And those that have believed in Him and been faithful to Him in this life are going to rule and reign with Him. In the kingdom that shall never end. He said one will be over a city. Or five cities. Or ten cities. This is not fairy tale. These are real cities. In the kingdom to come. Right now is training time. Qualifying time. Not to be see where you're going to be saved or not. Qualifying to see what you get to handle. In the kingdom. He that is faithful with a little would be faithful with much. And what we want to hear when we breathe our last, when we get out of here and when that time and day comes, we want to hear, well done. Come on, anybody want to hear that besides me? Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in a few things. Now, I'm going to make you ruler over much enter into the joy of the Lord and he's going to show us what's ours and we're going to go wow. <sighs> <laughs> and I don't know what I will do but <laughs> how many believe it will be amazing. It will be exceeding abundantly above anything we ever asked or thought and it'll be forever. Forever. Glory to God. And again that's him being gracious to us. Cuz it won't be because we did everything perfect. But there was enough that he could use. Hallelujah. You in Matthew 20? 2024? Jesus called them to himself. He said, you know the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whoever will be chief among you, which is what they were talking about and squabbling about, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not To be ministered to. But to minister. These words could easily be translated serve. Not to be served. But to serve. And to give his life. A ransom. For many. Here we see. A distinguishing. Of the Holy Spirit. And the spirit of grace. From the spirit of the world. Hallelujah. What is the spirit of the world? He just describes. People want to be in charge. And they want to control everything. And if you won't do it voluntarily. They're going to make you do it. They're going to force you to do it. They're going to force you. To give to this or give to that. They're going to force you to do this or do that. The Lord said it will not be that way among you. This is a big distinguishing thing between the spirit of the world and the spirit of grace. Right. Right. The Holy Spirit is not going to make you do anything. Amen. That's true. He's not going to force you. He's not going to coerce you. He's not going to try to pressure you and push you relentlessly until you do it and make you do it. That's the characteristics of the enemy. He's a controller. He's a manipulator. He's a forcer. In fact, he's a murderer. He's a killer. You won't do what he, he wants you to do. He's he just happy to kill you too. He's a murderer. So when you get to the place where you're upset, you're hurt, whatever the case may be. And you get to trying to pressure people to make them do something. Even if you're sure it's the right thing and something they need to do, you are now in the flesh. You've left the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit of grace doesn't force. Come on, say it out loud. The The Spirit of grace doesn't force. Doesn't force. Jesus is not the good cowboy. He doesn't drive the herd. He's the good what? Shepherd. And the shepherd leads the herd. Calls them by name. And it's up to them. Whether they follow. Or whether they don't. Now this will be. One of the toughest things. On your soul. In this life. As a minister. As a pastor. Phyllis and I. This is one of the toughest things to deal with. Because there are times. You know. By the spirit of God. What folks should do. Sometimes it's just plain in the word. Other times. The spirit of God said it too. In addition to to the word. I mean. And you can tell folks. But people can decide they're not going to do it. And it puts you in a place. But the place we must not cross is trying to make them do it. Because he's not going to make you. If the Lord was going to make, if the Spirit of God was going to make anybody do anything, he'd make people get born again. Save them from hell. Secure their eternity. But he doesn't. And he won't. And if he won't make people get saved. He's certainly not going to make them do lesser things. And if we're operating by the spirit. In the spirit. We're not going to cross that line. And try to make people do things. Demanding things. That's the spirit of the world. I'm in charge. You're going to do this. Demanding. Forcing. Yeah. Pressure. That's one of the things I despise about the enemy. Yeah. Have you experienced his pressure? Yeah. Oh brother. Oh, yeah. That's him. He'll push you, push you, push, push you, trying to get you to do something you shouldn't do. Press, press, push, push. Fear. That's right? Right? That's right, exactly. That's not the Holy Spirit. Don't yield to it. I said don't yield to it. He'll deal, The Holy Spirit will deal with you. In fact, there's a term in the Psalms led by, influenced by your reins. R-E-I-N-S. Reins like on a horse. Well, horses can be rein trained. Have any horse people in here? Horses that are barely broken. Mm -hmm. Wild. Or just not that well trained. They can need a bit. Something metal and hard. Push on the corners of their mouth. That's why they won't respond. Mm -hmm. But a good horse. Is well trained. Don't have to have a bit. Big old horse. Big thick hide. Mm -hmm. But you can lay that little strap a leather on the side of their neck Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and they feel it and they just it's like power steering on a horse just lay that rein, there they go lay that rein, there they go like power steering no forcing, no coercion no pushing No demanding. When they feel that slight nudge, the slight feeling of that, they voluntarily yield to it. Oh, what a picture. They voluntarily, they willingly don't fight it, but yield to it and go with it. How many want to be rain trained where the Holy Spirit's concerned? Because this is how he operates. He's not going to scream at you. He's not going to demand. He's not going to make you. That's not him. He's the spirit of grace. Not the spirit of push and pressure. And that still small voice. And that slight thing. Oh, Phyllis and I have talked about this. How many times we could have missed it on major things. You didn't realize at the time how major it was. This thing kept coming up to you. I mean, it didn't seem like a big thing, but it kept coming up to you. And so you just responded and found out it's a major deal. It's a big part of the plan of God for your life. Lord, why didn't you tell me about this? How big this was? He didn't want to. Faith pleases him. Somebody say, rain trained to the Holy Spirit, the, Holy Spirit. The, Spirit of grace. the Spirit of grace. He's the Spirit of peace. He's not tormenting you and pushing you and pressing you and demanding you. That's not him. Not him. That's right. He's kind. He's kind. Somebody say he's kind. He's kind. Kind. Merciful. Long-suffering. Full of mercy. mercy. Somebody say "Full Full full of mercy. Full of mercy. Compassionate. He's gracious. He's the spirit of grace. And if we respect him like we should, he won't have to yell at us. We won't need a bit. Come on, y'all listening to me. Yes, we, right. we won't need anybody to push us or shove us. We know he's, that's not how he works anyway. Right. When it comes up, we'll go, yes, sir. And we, yes, here we go. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And be a happy horse, too. That's right. Happy. Amen. Happy. Amen. Huh? Yes. Why? Because you know... My rider, the Holy Spirit, he only takes me to good places. He, Amen. And if I'm encountering some difficulty, don't stop, just keep going because he's going to get me all the way through it. Amen. Hallelujah. And the end result is going to be a higher plane and a better place. Amen. Glory to God. Talking about better pastures. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's taking me to better pastures. Still waters. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Rich pastures. Glory to God. The best of the best. If, 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 if. I won't fight him. When Saul, who was persecuting the church, doing his best to wipe out the church. Met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Anybody remember that? Bright light. So bright, he couldn't see anything for days after that. And a voice came, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. The pricks was a cow goad. It was a stick, a pointed stick that you poked the cow to get the cow to go where you wanted the cow to go. Why? Because the cow wasn't rain trained. (laughs) But The Lord's not going to poke you and hurt you, but he'll nudge you. And what uh, rebellious cow, we had a little dairy farm back in Mississippi where I grew up. And, and, uh, you know, you had some cows that were nice and you had some cows that wasn't so nice. (laughs) And in the morning, early, milking, wet, muddy, you know, didn't want to be up that early anyway. And some of the cows, they come right in, they put their head in the trough, They eat their food. They're so nice. You wash their bag. You put the milking machine on. They're just so nice. Other cows, can't get them to come in. When they get in there, they look at you with a bad eye. And you go to sleep. Boom. 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 I mean, they kick that metal stall. You'll wake up then, buddy. Because they're strong. You think, oh, man. What are they doing? They're kicking against what you're wanting them to do. And that's what Saul was doing. He had a call on his life. To be an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. To plant churches. Help write the New Testament so I'd have something to preach. And he's out trying to destroy the church. Kicking against it. Kicking against God. Kicking against the Holy Spirit. Reckon he's the last one ever kicked against the Holy Spirit. Uh, no. No. Somebody say, my kicking days, my kicking days are done. Are done. <laughs> no kicking against the Holy Spirit. No, no quenching the Holy Spirit. No, no. What are we? And happy about it. God doesn't have to write it in the sky. He did not have to yell it. He doesn't have to shake you. He doesn't have to have lightning bolts. Come on, are y'all with me? No, no, no. He lives right on the inside. He's in me. Closer to me than you are. Closer to anybody else. I mean, even if we're touching, you're not inside. He's inside. I don't have to go far to get something from him. He's right there. Somebody say he's right there. He's right there. The greater one lives inside me. Lives inside. Jesus said he's the spirit of truth. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you into all the truth. He's going to take of mind, show it to you. He's going to bring things to your remembrance I told you. He's going to show you things to come. Somebody said that's what he does. That's what he does for me. And you just respond to it. Respond to it. And oh friend, you won't know why. You won't know where you're going. But you'll wind up in the greatest places you'll wind up in the most wonderful situations and you'll realize he's got you on the path. The path that you were made to be on and it's getting brighter and brighter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The further you go and you'll just go from one grace to to grace, from faith to faith, from glory to glory and you look up before you know it and you're done. And it's time to get out of here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And here. Well done. How many want to hear your name yeah. at the end of that? Amen. Well done, Amen. Keith. Well done, yeah. 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 John. Well done, Joe. Well, well, well done. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now he didn't say never made any mistakes. He didn't say you got everything perfect. But you wanted to follow him. And you wanted to yield and respond. And you practiced every day becoming better and better. Yeah. Rain trained. Yeah. So that yeah. the spirit of grace could lead you easily and effectively somebody say amen amen stand on your feet if you would oh praise God just lift your hands begin to thank the Lord begin to give him praise Lord we worship you Lord we worship Actually do this. Put your hands on your, on your front, on your chest, and on your, your belly. The scripture said, Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Said out loud, the Holy Spirit, the Holy spirit lives in me. Lives in me. I'm, born again. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of God. And his spirit, his spirit indwells me teaches me, helps me, me, leads me, me, guides me, me, and I am am sensitive to Him, aware aware of Him. him. I am am rain trained -trained and and getting better. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge.